We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Report, Week Six. How's it going, Hassan? Week Six. What can we well, say? we made it. Uh, it's another. Well, I don't know, man. NFL, but with scoring, seems like a pretty good idea. <laughs> uh, the, the like, but I'm actually really excited to for for our guest, first time podcast appearance. Angaru Paul's on the show with us. I'm good. How's it going, hey. man? I'm good. Good, good. How are you guys? Doing great. This is uh, um. For me, anyway, kind of a rare week where a lot of my fantasy teams are looking pretty good. Um, you know, Jamar- no, they are not. Well, no, for me maybe as except, well. for the, except <laughs> for the one with that I'm in with Hassan because I'm sure all his teams are terrible, but mine are good. Yours are not good, and mine are not good. No <laughs> ones are good. There's no scoring happening. Like, like what? Like, are you winning your matchups like sixty to fifty nine? Like, what is going on? I am getting so lucky in a lot of matchups. I'll tell you what. Um, um, I'm winning. I'm winning. Uh, I'm currently winning. Oh, never mind. I this told you. Like I'm winning. This, 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 is, like a, this is the all play week in main events. So it looks yeah, like. Exactly. You look like you're doing a lot better than you are. Oh, never um, mind. All right. My teams are terrible too. <laughs> there are no good teams. <laughs> like fantasy teams and real life NFL teams. Um, uh, but you know, but you know who might actually be good? Uh, Travis Etienne. He had ten rushes for eighty-six yards, and he got two catches for twenty yards. Don't mind the Jaguars; they're actually bad. They lost uh, to the yeah. Colts. Like this is like this is a bad team. So I'm good. What are your thoughts on Etienne's value moving forward? Has he? You know, is this his backfield? Is it still a split with J. Rob? What are your thoughts? Uh, so funny enough, Etienne was actually the first player that I what I wrote up in the like week one by low report um, just because uh, he actually, I think had the most of the two snaps um, between him and J Rob in week one. And then uh, slowly he's actually over the last few weeks, taken on more and more of the um, lion's share of the role. Um, so I think going forward, you know, it's wheels up for ETN um, I think J Rob is still going to play a part, obviously, but I think I think we can pretty comfortably start ETN uh, comfortably. I like that. Yeah, we 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 started him in a main event team. Um, the the touchdowns are going to come, Blair. What do you think? I agree. The touchdowns are going to come. I think uh, you know he's been putting up these kind of pretty crazy efficiency rushing days for a long time, at least in terms of of yardage so um yeah the touchdowns will follow uh sorry actually lawrence vultured two touchdowns two rushing touchdowns today from one and two yards out um so not ideal for the running backs but you know that's probably not going to happen often yeah yeah and i mean realistically lawrence had uh, how do i put this a fucking miserable day right (laughs) like 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 he had a he he like he Completed 20 of his 22 attempts, 165 yards and a score. Maybe this actually says more about the Jaguars' receiving core, right? Like with Zay Jones leading and then Evan Ingram. I don't know. Uh, and we do know, we do know, 
like Lawrence has wheels, right? Six guys for 23 yards and two scores. That's that's impressive in and of itself. It's just maybe it's emblematic of 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 the Jags, but I'm also still very much not convinced that Trevor Lawrence is who people thought he was, right? Like a lot of people are anchoring to this Trevor Lawrence that they saw one time in Clemson from years ago, and no one seems to have gotten off that evaluation. And um and uh I think I think that that is that that is the the one where where I'm still a little frustrated at because because you see people who are very quick to to say um you know xyz quarterback is bad you know yyz quarterback is bad yet everyone is still anchoring on on an eval of trevor lawrence for a player whose upside i don't think was ever realistically there and then add that to the fact that it's we've never seen him do anything spectacular in like an nfl game to where i'm willing to really like 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 he's probably going to be a serviceable NFL quarterback, so I'm saying he's good. I just don't think that um, the pricing for him in Dynasty, especially, ever lined up with his with what his actual value is. Yeah, I I know for me when I was watching him post Urban Meyer last year, there were definitely some throws where you know I could say like, oh, okay, there's something there. Um, like now I you know I actually see the talent of why this this person went number one overall. Yeah. But I didn't see it consistently, and I'm sorry, I forget which Rotoviz writer it was, but um, whoever did the year two outlook for Trevor Lawrence, I think actually pointed out that um, no prospect, you know, that was drafted that high early had that poor of a season and bounced back in their NFL career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, so many people were just chalking it up to the Urban Meyer situation, but even, even post Urban Meyer, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the point about his receiving weapons is a fair one. I mean, he, you know, arguably his receivers now are worse than they were at Clemson. Wouldn't you say when you're throwing a T Higgins and yeah. Renfro, it's. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, like that's like true of like most NFL quarterbacks, right? Like, I mean, look at Barrow, like he's no longer throwing to Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, right? <laughs> but he is getting Higgins and, and Chase, right? So that's fine. Um, yeah, that's the best example. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. So not the best example. I think I think the best example of that is going to be is he's going to declare this year. It's going to be CJ Stroud from Ohio State, just because of every good quarterback that has played. Uh, I mean, every good wide receiver that he's played with. He's like Chris Drake London and Kyle Pitts, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, speak, speaking of Drake London, he had uh, three or four targets today, and he caught those for forty yards in the Falcons' week uh, week six win over the Niners. So, boys, I, I think uh, like what shocked you more was it like the Falcons beating the Niners or Cobb <laughs> scoring a touchdown? <laughs> um, honestly, both because I think going into the game, I had heard so much was made of how San Francisco like had not allowed thirty yards to the tight end position. Uh, yet this year, um, still. yeah, still <laughs> have not. Um, but I mean, you know, that guy. I mean, I'm I'm so high on uh, Kyle Pitts, so you're not going to get a realistic answer out of me. Um, he's probably my favorite, you know, young player to watch in the NFL. Um, and um, yeah, I so I, I'm I'm shocked that they won. Uh, it's surprising that they continue to play their low pass uh, numbers and still, you know, pull out yet another victory. I'm surprised that they're at three wins, but uh, here we are. Um, I was actually kind of impressed at the fact that they let, they let Mariota throw a little bit in this game. I think that really helped for, for Drake London. Um, it was just a tough game for the Niners and just a tough L uh, for them. I mean, they got... <laughs> curb stomp really <laughs> like but uh but the guy the, the other guy who i didn't who don't have on the show sheet who i thought did really well well i've got i've got george skittle here so we can discuss him a little bit would be you know i mean this like we're still chasing the myth that was george skittle like he caught eight of his 10 targets for 83 yards today blair like do you think like we've turned the corner here with this spotty kittle usage or or or, or what do you think um i think that uh still 
I don't know. I'll still probably be chasing Kittle. Um, I think this is a good sign if you own him that he got these 10 targets. And, um, you know, obviously the, I don't think Garoppolo is going to throw 41 passes every game, but uh, I like, I like what I saw from the San Francisco receivers. Yeah. Yeah. it It was nice to see them, you know, we know how, just how good these weapons are. Right. And it was nice to see them actually put them all on display. Ayuk with two touchdowns as well today. Um, so, I mean, Kittle, obviously he's great. And, you know, at tight end, like realistically, who else, like, let's say the George Kittle manager, who realistically are they starting over him at this point? Um, so it might just be one of those situations where you just got to roll with Kittle. And I think I saw that, you know, the first game without Trent Williams, they were definitely using him more as a blocker. Um, hopefully, you know, when Trent Williams returns, he'll be out more in the passing game as well. I don't know if it's a when or if it's an if, but yeah, I think, I think like the Niners, a part of the issue that, that, I, that I think that we have with the Niners in general is that defense is good. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they tend to keep games close. I think you're, you're going to see a lot more of these um, when the Niners fall into negative script. That's when you're going to get a lot more of this throwing stuff. Um, I mean, look, I, the, like I'm going to be the first guy to tell you all, like, I don't want to see Jimmy Garoppolo unleashed because it's like not not it's not pretty. But like this is what we need. Right. For Ayuk. Um, I mean, because he because he went off today too. He had, right. he had eight catches as well. Um, 86 yards, I believe, and two touchdowns. The two, the two, the two touchdowns are massive. Um, and and Debo got there too, right? So so you're looking at uh, a team that we really do need to struggle and really have to be put in a, in a position where they have to play fast. Um, I know I'm bossing around a little bit, but I wanted to go back to that Jags game because on the other side, it looks like Michael Pittman's fully back. He caught uh, 13 of 16 targets for 134 for 134 yards. Um, do any of you guys have any notes on on the cold side for this game, except for, um, ex- or 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 uh, or why Deion Jackson uh, might? Any of you guys have any takes on Deion Jackson stealing stealing some of the passing work from from Naheem Hines going forward? I mean, after today, you almost have to kind of yeah. think it could be a possibility. You, you know, although it does, it maybe seems a little. A little far-fetched or a little, uh, you know, not not necessarily the most likely outcome. But I think um, considering how much work he got, yeah, that could definitely happen. Yeah. So I know, I know mm-hmm. Dion left the game today. I don't know how severe the injury is. But how much how much of this are you guys chalking up to no Taylor, no Hines? Um, so obviously, you know, they have to use the remaining weapons, which is Pittman. I'd. I think Pierce also found the end zone today. Dion obviously had the massive game. And um, Kylan Granson went off. <laughs> yeah. So Kylan Granson and Jelani Woods, baby. What do you guys uh, think? Of, do you guys think this is sustainable or do you think this is just because, you know, Taylor and Hines are out? I, I, I genuinely think this is primarily just an end result of what happens when you play the Jags. <laughs> um, like, 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 I, like, I just don't think that this Jaguars defense is really, like, it doesn't have any teeth. Um, they really, they really are known for giving up tons of points on the ground, right? And and so and so these are teams that got there on the ground, and then they're also going to get there, um, you know, through the air. Like you, you can attack them multiple ways, and they're going to get there all all the time. Um, so I don't think that there's any of that kind of fear. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely was because there was no Taylor and no Hines. But at the yeah. same time, when you have a guy. You know, catching ten passes for seventy nine yards, yeah, forty two on the ground for a touchdown, including a touchdown. Then um, yeah. it kind of makes you think, hey, maybe we can use this guy more than we have been. Yeah, but it's really frustrating that they don't use JT in this way. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Uh, it they, it brings back like the question of um, like like Derrick Henry, like he. Like you know, I mean, he's getting this ludicrous target share now, and it and it only took them like what five years in a second contract to unleash him. Like, uh, and we and like here's the thing, for for listeners at home who are old enough to remember the old days of Rotoviz, 
Um, we were very, very optimistic on Derrick Henry as a prospect. I, I mean, if you walked into the writer's room and you said one bad thing about, about, about Derrick Henry back in those days, I think, I think you'd have a horde descend on you. Like legitimately, we were very possessive of him. And, uh, you know, it, like, it took a while for us to start slowly phasing him out as a potential, you know, three down Uber back prospect profile kind of guy. Cause we, we, we took a long time to adjust our priors on that one. And now it's really difficult to like, look at this thesis come true only like what, like half a decade later. Blair. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't, I don't, we don't have to talk much about Derek Henry since he was, didn't play this week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just remembering the good times, man. It's just... Yeah, it's good because it's like it's funny because he's a guy who wasn't a pass catcher in college either, and yeah, you can always kind of rationalize. Um, oh, you know, he didn't do it in college, but that doesn't really mean anything about about the pros and you know the way we did with Kenneth Walker this year or right, right. Hey, Walker yeah. wasn't getting any of the receiving in college but right. clearly you can still be involved in the passing game speaking of uh kenneth walker um so the cardinal seahawks game just finished uh and what would surprise absolutely no one i'm sure um the cardinals lost to the seahawks um a <laughs> like, cliff kingsbury is is a savant man he is just so talented three field goals i'm just so in, in shock and awe Anyway, so Kenneth Walker carried the ball 21 times for 97 yards and a touchdown. And he also got two of his three passes for 13 yards. Um, so, you know, with Rashad Penny completely out of the, you know, out of the picture, sadly. Uh, and, you know, we're here, we're here hoping for a speedy recovery. They just went completely, you know, uh, took, took the chains off of, of Walker. And he's looked legitimately very, very good. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly what, I mean, so I didn't play in, I don't play in any leagues where Walker was um, available, but for the people that did and the people that unloaded all of their fab on him, uh, this is what you wanted, right? You got it. Um, And, uh, you know, we expect the Seahawks to continue to be heavy rushers as they uh, have been previously. And all the workload is going to go to this this back who is an excellent prospect um so hopefully this is a sign of more to come yeah definitely um don't have anything to add on walker but i do want to talk about another guy in this game no fan led the way with seven targets where it was tied with the team lead he's someone that i drafted uh a ton of well and walker too but is, do we think this is for real no fan i mean when you look at it when you actually so this game was not on TV uh, for me. Uh, everything's been blacked out. It's only Buffalo, Kansas City. Um, and yeah, I, I think he kind of is, right? Like he's sort of seen up and down usage. Um, he's, you know, uh, he's going to, I mean, they're throwing their tight ends, right? Like, so either it's going to be Fant or it's going to be Will Disley. <laughs> like, yeah. Talk about sadness, guys. <laughs> uh, so it's real Sophie's choice. Um but 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 I mean those are the two flavors, right? Like you've got there at tight end. Um, I I'm optimistic on Fant. I don't know if he's going to be flex worthy going forward. Uh, I do like him, like especially in best ball. If like that's where you're talking about, Blair. Like was it best ball you're discussing? No. <laughs> uh, oh no. Oh. Yeah, redraft. No, that makes it even worse. Yeah, best ball makes it even like, worse. Of course. Um, bench. I mean, he only scored ten and a half points, so it's not like you needed him. But um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think, like, given the state of the tight end position right now in fantasy, this is this is an encouraging sign, right, to have somebody else be relevant and start-worthy um, and, you know, massively out-targeting uh, Metcalf and Lockett today, right? Yeah, same number of targets as Metcalf, but... Uh, okay. But, yeah. but more efficient, more efficient, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, way more efficient. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I guess uh, one uh, the one game that I did see part of that we should talk about is uh, the uh, Ravens lost to the Giants. Mark Andrews had about seven eleven eleven targets for one hundred and six yards and a touchdown. Um, he's good all the time, but I mean, this Ravens team is, is, uh, giving me some, some headaches many weeks. Uh, if you started Lamar this week, you probably are pretty frustrated. Um, I know all your Devin Duvernay teams are probably not doing too well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like last year. Um, (laughs) (laughs) what else is new? Um, yeah. And I, I'm actually going to throw it to Angus because I wanted to talk talk a little bit. I mean, like, we know Mark Andrews is a stud, right? But, like, the rest of these guys did really nothing for the team, right? Um, Demarcus Robinson, Devin Duverday, nothing. Dylan Wallace is getting on the field, nothing. Like, they like they sorely miss Rashad Bateman. Yeah, I think I think so, too. It was also weird, though. When Bateman was healthy, he wasn't playing all of the snaps. I don't know if that's just because he was, um, you know, coming off of the injury-plagued season last year because it's the second year he's still young. Um, But we saw what he can do when he gets the ball. Um, Very, very talented, um, amazing prospect. Uh, It's rare that the Ravens use a first-round pick on a receiver, I think, I think he might have been the first one. Um, well, Marquise. He, oh, Marquise, that's right. Yeah. And then they traded him away. Um, but, you know, as far as the game went, this game, you know, the Ravens they really had this game won. And then, you know, at the end, it was Lamar who, you know, you're up by three, you have the ball, just you need to protect the ball. And he throws an interception. The Giants. Uh, you know, go down the field and score. And then when the Ravens get the ball back, he fumbles. So, you know, real football talk. Lamar is trying to, you know, get his money and prove himself. I understand that. But in that situation, I think you just got to protect the ball, especially when you're, you know, without a dynamic playmaker in Rashad Bateman. That's, you know, that's, that's costing fantasy managers, what, four points right there, just the end of the game. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like the way you, you, you looked at it, thought about it. Because the other guy I want to talk a little bit about was Wondale uh, Robinson, who got three of his four targets for 37 yards and a score. Um, he's back. Uh, just looking at the Giants, you know, they're still rolling out. I can't believe I'm going to say this. They're still rolling out David Sills and Rich James, all right? Yeah. And, and, and something called Marcus Johnson mixed in, too. And Darius Slayton. Uh, he's just a zombie. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, it's it's unfortunate that the team that you know that the Ravens lost to the Giants, but Wandale, like, it's really wheels up for him, right? Like, like Darius Tony is persona non grata. I don't know what he's. I don't think he's practiced at all this year. Um, like, how are we feeling there? 
Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm here for Bondale. Um Only four targets today, but he really did look good on uh, on a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, he did. He I did. did. I so I watched this game in full. Um, actually, at one of my family friends' house. Shout out to the Archibald family for hosting. Um, they uh, so he played very well on third down. He had a big grab. Um, that was his first catch, and then he had the touchdown. Um, you know, basically a nice like crossing route, and then took it upfield for the, the short score. And he, he looked good. He looked explosive, and this is exactly what we wanted to see. Uh, you know, this guy was going so late in in drafts, and this was the hope, right? Was that he could emerge. Um, and this was his first game. This was his debut. So hopefully, as he gets you know more practice, more reps in. Uh, you know, the hope is that he can be a consistent starter for for fantasy managers. I mean, I know, I know I want that. I assume he's probably, you know, by now he's probably not owned on a lot of, in a lot of leagues. And I mean, yeah, given the state of this receiving core, you could see him becoming the wide receiver one without too much, you know, how much resistance. Yeah. At all. If any. Yeah. That, that I, uh, I, you know, didn't start him in one place uh, that I was actually debating between him and Elijah Moore, uh, and I ended Oof, up starting. That's... I don't know. I, I you know, I, I, it looks like I will still win as long as Russ and Judy come through. But who who knows these days? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I legitimately thought about starting Wandale over Elijah, but you know, I. I just thought to myself, you know, I don't know about this Giants coaching staff, and I, I just need to see it, you know, once before making that move. And I think next week in that league, I'm going to have to start Juan Dale over Elijah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's well, yeah, uh, Bill next week, so that could I, be. A, I didn't realize when Dale was back this week, and so I made I made a I dropped him for a, for a fill in tight end, but I'm going to be probably spending a lot of fob to try to bring him back. Um, before we move on from this game, it uh, sounds like Dobbins may have yeah. something happened with his knee. Yeah, unfortunate. And um, anyway, Drake had a big game. I mean, if Dobbins if Dobbins misses any more time, is Drake someone you feel comfortable? Um, I don't know, even starting. No, uh, you almost destroyed me in the league this week. <laughs> I. I started Dobbins over ETN just because that matchup against the Giants is good, right? If you want, if you want any proof on that, um, Kenny and Drake absolutely carved him up like a, like a Thanksgiving turkey, or I guess a pumpkin because we're close to Halloween, right? Um, like he just destroyed them on through the air and on the ground. Like Kenny and Drake had ten carries, 119 yards, and a score. The Giants have been bleeding, bleeding points to the running back position, um, right. and this was hopefully this was like. I was optimistic this was Dobbins' breakout week, right? Like, I like, like transfer that stat line to Dobbins. So it is unfortunate that he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, Anga, what are your thoughts on 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 Dobbins here going forward? And what's his like? Like, what do you do? Yeah, um, I was a huge Dobbins fan going into the season. Actually, in best ball, he's my highest owned uh, running back uh, percentage. So. Um, you know, that Bills game really showed his potential, right? Limited snaps, and he scored two touchdowns, and ever since it's been these, you know, the, the injury has creeped back up. Um, I, you know, this, I, you know, I've, I've never been a Kenyon Drake fan. My friends will, you know, they'll know my rants about Kenyon Drake, and I'm tired of the Ravens going to these deadbeat old backs of Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake. But, you know, the Ravens did make Deonta Foreman fantasy relevant last season, right? So I think just any running back in this offense getting that type of volume, low-end RB2, high-end RB3, I guess, if you really need it, especially for, you know, drafters like us that go wide receiver heavy. Um, But, you know, my hope is that Justice Hill comes back soon and healthy. And, uh, you know, th- I mean, he looked very explosive when he got the opportunities in, in the, in the, I think it was, yeah, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, 
Hopefully uh, this injury is not too bad or this re-injury. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's a little concerning and a little sad, right? Is what it is. He's had, he's had such a tough road to recovery here. I just feel bad for the guy. Uh, as far uh, as your question about like what to do, mm-hmm. I mean, like for us, a lot of our teams we don't have a lot of that running back firepower. So um, you know, if you're really in a tough spot, you may need to start him. But you know, I I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, you're hopefully you can start. Eno over him next week, right? Oh if, man, uh, Eno. I mean, I mean, Eno. As as much as I want Eno to be a thing, I mean, like the entire Cardinals' offense is so at sea. Like Eno did not like he had fifteen guys for thirty three yards today. Yeah. Um. Or like, what about you know, what do you do with you know this Denver backfield too? Like Gordon and Boone. Uh, probably just got that Gordon and Bray. Bray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Eno was the guy that I was so excited for this week, and he didn't, I mean, I guess he didn't have a terrible game, 9.5 fantasy points. He did catch three passes for 28 yards, but, um, and he was getting a lot of touches. I mean, you know, 18 total opportunities. So that's nice to see, but obviously this uh, offense has some some problems with efficiency that is going to be, um, you know, going to be a problem for any running back there. Yeah, let's just hope when DeAndre comes back next week, things will open up for everybody. Um, yeah, but to, I mean, to that end, to that end, uh, the other guy who got hurt today was um, um Hollywood Brown, I believe. He yep. like a defender fell on his leg, right? Uh, yeah. I'm really hoping it's nothing serious. But he was removed as a precaution. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh. It, it, the report that I saw said that he had to be helped to the locker room with help on both sides of him. Mm. So, Yikes. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to talk a little bit about a running back who, you know, we love here and love and, you know, he's on the Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson rushed 19 times for 76 yards and two scores in the Patriots' week six win over the Browns. He also had uh, four catches for 15 yards. Um, boys, absolute full package unit am i right <laughs> yeah he's exciting um yeah i mean it's it's uh kind of surprising to see the team playing this well with bailey zappy at quarterback but bailey zappy honestly um looks a little bit like uh mac jones <laughs> I, could, I, I could i couldn't pick him out of a lineup man it's the same guy well, the other wow. thing we got to see, which I don't know how, how much Zappy had to do with it, but Tyquan Thornton had a touchdown. Yeah, yeah he did. I think he had two touchdowns. He had one. Oh, right. He had a rushing yeah. touchdown, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so that's exciting. Uh, but Ramondre absolutely smashed today. I'm very happy. I actually have him in a, you know, a, he was one of my priority targets um uh, like rounds you know seven when i was going heavy heavy wide receivers in the early rounds or you know round six i forget what it was but um yeah he was one of my high priorities um and it's just it's it feels good to you know have this performance especially today uh, and you know you can never really trust uh coach belichick and what he's gonna do you know if if and when Damian Harris comes back, but uh, this is very encouraging. Uh, and if there's ever a sign for someone in New England to get the workload going forward, this is certainly the performance you were hoping for. Yeah, and, and just to build off of this running back, onto another running back, Brees Hall today rushed 20 times for 116 yards in the Jacks' week six win over the Packers. He also had two catches for five yards. Uh, we talked about him extensively last week. Blair, where do you have him ranked now in Dynasty? Well, in redraft. Running back one. <laughs> Even in redraft. Wow. Let me think. Who are you going to put ahead of him? Um, uh, Saquon. CMC. CMC, CMC, CMC had a big game. Say, CMC I think had a big game. And Saquon, Saquon looked good. I mean, yeah. but you have to have Brees in that conversation, I think. Yeah, I think it's got to go Barkley, CMC. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, that next group of three would be Brees Hall, probably Eckler, and then 
maybe even pushing Ramondre now. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like it's just it's just sad how fast JT's stock is created, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. that's that's been the tough. That's been the tough one. Yeah, anyone uh, who's currently injured is hard to have as like a top ranked guy in yeah redraft. Um, even though like I expect him to come back next week and probably be fine, but um, there's just a lot more uncertainty I think with with that that you have to be kind of cautious. And if you are, um, you know, <clears throat> if you are looking to make deals, I don't think that it's wrong to trade Taylor now when he's hurt to try and get uh, someone who's going to give you production right away, even yes. if even if in a vacuum or like in dynasty or in terms of talent it might be a slight downgrade i think that's actually not a terrible move yeah definitely situation dependent depending on your record um sure. i actually wrote him up in the bylaw report this past week thinking and hoping he would play this week um but i looked at it and i think so like weeks one through four last season he was rb 20 and then this this season through four weeks he was RB twenty one. Um, obviously, he hasn't played the last two weeks. Um, but you know that just goes to show you what kind of run he went on at the end of last season. And I'm no injury expert. I don't know how bad this injury is or how it's going to affect him going forward. But um, you know if he takes the proper time to rehab, um, you know you're betting on talent, right? and what you saw last season and even the season before, I think he was in a, he got off to a slow start. He was initially behind Marlon Mack. And then, you know, he, he ran away with incredible numbers during his rookie season. So, you know, I think if you're, if you're looking to trade for him, it's the, it's a great opportunity. And, you know, you just have to be betting on that immense talent that he has. Yeah. I mean, just speaking a little bit about, about, uh, you know, disappointing highly drafted running backs, Aaron Jones carried the ball nine times for 19 yards. And he also caught three of his four targets for 25 yards. I mean, this is a guy who got really, really, really steamed up in the offseason. Um, and um, I guess now you you kind of sunk when you're starting him. Like, he's really – he hasn't had a vintage Aaron Jones game that, you know, we haven't seen that from him at all this year. Um, and actually, the guy who we're seeing a lot of that more out of – uh, albeit, interestingly enough, also through the receiving game is AJ Dillon, who rushed ten times for forty-one yards, but he also caught four. You know, he had four receptions for eleven yards. Uh, not a banner day for Green Bay at all. Uh, they, they kind of like the Jets didn't have to do a lot, and yeah. they just handily dispatched the Packers. Um, uh, in fact, Aaron Rodgers actually got pulled for Jordan Love at the end of this game. Um, so I guess, you know, the question is twofold really like is Aaron Jones going to pay off his high draft cost and, um, you know, what can be done? Like, what are you doing with Green Bay? Yeah. I mean, I don't think Aaron Jones can pay off at this cost as long as you have Dylan getting actually more touches, more carries and more targets. Um, so, you know, Dylan was another guy who was like kind of like Henry who didn't do it in college, but at least this year we've actually seen that, um, you know, they do want to use him that way. And um, prior to today, today he's been actually pretty, <clears throat> excuse me. He's been pretty good in the receiving game. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be hard for, for Aaron Jones to really reward people who took him in the third round um, when he's not getting these opportunities. And when, Green Bay's offense seems so uh, so lost. <laughs> I mean, the one good thing, I guess, is that Romeo Dobbs had nine targets. Yeah, yeah. Did nothing with him. Yeah, you just. I think you just have to hope with Dobbs at least that they continue to build the chemistry and like Robert Tunyon is the one who's you know leading this team in receiving today. <laughs> um, so. The thesis for people who took Jones in the second round was that he was going to, like, people were talking about how without Devontae, he's, you know, an incredible receiver. Um, it's just not what we're seeing at all right now. And so I don't think he can, um, you know, pull off this 
you know, he's not going to live up to his second round or even third round draft capital. Um, I think also just a dynasty note. Um, I remember seeing something in the off season where he, his contract is very team friendly. Like it's very easy for them to cut him at the end of this season. Um, so I, I think you might even want to be buying Dylan wherever you can in dynasty. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good note. Um, yeah, but we've also seen a lot of uh, a lot of people talk about Aaron Jones being gone. Like I know a lot of guys are like saying Aaron Jones is going to be gone years ago. It never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sticking in the um, AFC East, the next guy I want to talk about is like this last from the past, I guess. Mike Gesicki. I almost forgot he was still a, an actual pass catcher. Six for seven targets, sixty nine yards, and two touchdowns. Um, the Dolphins kind of looked like they were going to just be phasing him out completely using him as a blocker. And then he comes in and has seven targets. Is he someone we can trust going forward? What do you think? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I'm very high on these two receivers. Um, obviously Waddle and Tyreek, like they make, they make, you know, this, Look at, I mean, just look at their stat lines. Like Tyreek, 12 receptions, 177 yards. Waddle, 6 and 129. Um, and no touchdowns for either of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, how much, of, how much of this is, you know, fluky one game? Uh, you know, I think Tua is expected back next week. So is, is this just a thing for, you know, with Bridgewater? Or is this, is this you know, sustainable? I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, I mean, two hours back, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested to see what they do with Gusecki in that in that regard with the real quarterback under center. Just as a note, I mean, Dyrick Hill is absolutely crushing it this year, and yeah. like his stat line is ludicrous. He just keeps going off. Um, on the other side, the guy who also continues to go off is Adam Thielen, although although at like a less less frenetic pace, he caught four of his eight targets for 36 yards and a score. Um, he always seems to score these touchdowns, man. Yeah, you have an interesting definition of going off. Yeah, it's it's well, it's, 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 like... it's it's scoring the touchdowns, man. Like it's just <laughs> like 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 that's really like the beef of like fantasy scoring, and it's really frustrating because Justin Jefferson is just so yeah. elite, and he's not getting there. I mean, Dalvin Cook got there today on one long run. Yeah, like like what eighty percent of his yards, eighty five percent of his yards came on that one long run. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 53, 53 yard carry. Yeah. Well, 70%. All right. Well, more like 69%. Yeah. 69%. We're going to yeah. have to slap the mature filter on this one, boys. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. So, so, but, you know, it's just, yeah. God, yeah, I hate I mean, the Vikings as a team, man. I just don't understand them. This I mean, is you look like... at, sorry, go sorry, ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Blair. <laughs> I was just saying, you kind of, you look at Seelan's stat line and you look at, um, what Herb Smith did, and you kind of say, oh, I get it. Thielen's just another tight end. Um, you really, I think, would like to see them just use Jefferson more, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's isn't that, like, in the offseason, weren't we hearing, like, oh, he's going to be our Cooper Cup? And yeah. unfortunately, it's just, it's just not happening. Uh, even though, clearly, the talent is immense, but Thielen's always going to vulture those touchdowns it seems well on the on the on the bright side the only win the only small win i'm going to take away from this is at least my feed isn't full of the same people who were doubting the living hell out of healing two years ago still doubting him um i was just looking jefferson hasn't scored a touchdown since week one i didn't even realize that well he, I, uh, I think he had a rushing yeah against new week. orleans right yeah you're right um uh, but still a receiving touchdown he had two yeah. and one it yeah. doesn't have any sense um, I mean, it's gonna come. It's gonna come. He gets so many, just so much volume through the air. Like touchdowns are so fluky. We know this. They're yeah. random. They're a random event. It's just look. I like at like at risk of sounding very cliche. Like maybe like maybe Jefferson has this like scoring outburst down the stretch, right? Yeah. Because like he's getting so much volume, and like it's just a matter of like when you get that like those those TDs, and yeah. like it could it, it could come down the line, right? Yeah. I mean, I agree um, that it's mostly fluky, mostly random. I do think there is some 
some kind of player skill involved yeah. and um yeah i mean Jefferson i mean i mean had seasons where he's been able to score a lot of touchdowns yeah. i don't know that it's necessarily him i mean if you want to get more like football guy hand in the dirt take like realistically the vikings keep using Thielen. like why people were so optimistic about him and yeah. why they misconstrued his talent with of scoring touchdowns with actual skill is because the Vikings just used him as a tight end and and he would be lined up on these slower linebackers and he was just able to make those routine plays and yeah. and he was able to get to the hole and do all the fun things that you you know you would think that like just a white slot right slot wide receiver would do right like what like what did Julian Edelman do or what did Wes Walker do and like I hate drawing that as an actual connotation but like he was just a bigger version of those two guys and he was very very good in the red zone yeah like like it was just like the, it, that was that you know what I mean um, yeah. yeah yeah speaking of a guy who's um like a an amalgam of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen maybe George Pickens had six targets yeah uh, only, uh, only twenty seven yards. Um, did, you, did you guys watch this game? No, I, I didn't. I'm also interested to see how many of them came with Pickett and how right. many of them came with Trubisky because I know actually Pickett had to leave in the third quarter of this game. Yeah. Um, I think most of them came with Pickett under center. Trubisky is very aggressively targeted Chase Claypool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, not too surprising. Kind of, we saw Pickett in his, in his kind of most of his, you know, almost two full games of action that he was, he was looking Pickens' way a lot more than Trubisky was earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just um, Pickens like so. Pickett really was like he didn't wasn't asked to do a lot, uh, but I think this kid's going to be like a star, man. Really, you think yeah. so? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, what do you think about do you, so I've heard a lot of like conversation about whether he can support, you know, if he can support three relevant receivers in this offense. And I think, you know, a lot of people think, okay, it'll be there for Deontay. It'll be there for Pickens. Uh, yeah. Chase is probably going to be the one left out. You think so? Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is more of like an, like a random event. Like, like this is like his best output in a, in a while. All right, um, and how much of this had to do with you know Fryer Muth not being there as well? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with Fryer Muth not being there. Zach Gentry did not see any work at all, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, it's, it's one catch. One yeah, catch. it's hard to take away a lot from this game, if only because Pickett did leave, right? But like he did look very much in control. Um, Tampa Bay really just sort of beat themselves. What really confused me was Mike Evans' set line. So he had four targets, caught all four for forty-two yards, but there was like a very long stretch a very long period where they were targeting Russell Gage liberally, Gade Otten liberally. There is zero reason, like none, for Leonard Fournette to get six targets ever again. Um he did not look particularly good. Like I'll be honest, like like um the he and even the the comment like the commenters were talking about it on TV, like just saying like Leonard Fournette has not looked like he has last season. Um <clears throat> how much of this is just you know the like Growing pains under a brand new coach, no more Arians, and then how much of it is just like, yeah, man, Brady dust. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know that you can say he's dust. Um, certainly not playing as well as he has the last, you know, couple years in Tampa. So I don't. I it could be a coaching thing. I didn't really think too much about that. I just thought, you know, with Leftwich there, you know, things would be kind of um continuous but that's a good point uh there's really i mean godwin today 12 targets that's that's exciting um for him so i think you just have to hope that something is out of funk here and they can bounce back like we know how just how explosive this offense can be um but you know if we see this for a couple more weeks here then then maybe your brady is dust take a question could be very valid it's it's sad, right? But father time comes for us all. Yeah, uh, you definitely don't want to be too late on these kind of calls. Um, and you're talking about you know making actual fantasy football decisions. I mean, you know, it's kind of tricky because this receiving core has been so banged up this year. Um, even Godwin, 
you know, I guess I don't even know if he's fully healthy, but um, he did look good today. Um, yeah, and you're talking about Actually, like Hassan. Now that I'm thinking, like now that I'm thinking about it, like Pittsburgh got absolutely routed by Buffalo, and then yep. Atlanta, Atlanta today. Um, like you know, the 49ers, Yeah, they lost, but they were still able to put you know forth some really like a lot of passing yards on them. So it is concerning that Brady and this offense haven't been able to figure it out against against these two teams in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, you would think that they would have been able to so like the 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 spread for this game was Pittsburgh were home dogs were nine and a half point underdogs and they won the game outright. Right. So this was like a surprise like pretty much probably wrecked survivor pools everywhere. Um, I can tell you, like, everyone was shocked. I mean, even when, like, Trubisky came in and he tried to throw the game away, right? Like, mm-hmm. but, like, Chase Claypool legitimately did not let him. It's interesting seeing Chase play the way he is. Um, maybe this, maybe the Steelers would actually benefit from dealing Chase. They could potentially get, like, an early second, could get, like, a second round pick from, oh, I don't know, any of these very wide receiver needy teams. Um, and they could potentially get a little bit more back because he's still on his rookie contract. The thing is, is I actually think the team itself likes having these stud receivers, right? And and primarily playing in the division that they are, um, they probably are going to need the offensive firepower to keep in games with the Ravens and the Bengals and also the Browns, right? Um, so I just don't know if they're going to do that because, because um, uh, you know, so I mean, just trading away Claypool, I mean, but like, so, so it's going to lead to some frustration, but like, it is weird that the Bucks haven't been able to get it going against mediocre teams. Um, yeah, that's, like, that's a really good point about dealing Claypool because, like, if I were in Pittsburgh's front office, I would know, like, just look at the success that Pittsburgh has had in drafting these wide receivers, right? Like, you know, most recently. Uh, you know, Pickens, we could go, you know, all the way back to Antonio Brown, Mike Wallace, like this, like this is a sustained level of hitting on these wide receiver prospects. Um, and so if you're the Pittsburgh front office, you have to feel comfortable. And it's such a, that would be such a good solution, like to trade him and get something salvageable. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. You still, you want to salvage some level of value there. Blair, anything else? Uh, yeah, do you guys want to talk quickly about what we're hoping to see? We still have a couple of cracker games. We have um, uh, we have uh, Cowboys and uh, and the Eagles tonight, and uh, and uh, Denver at the Chargers. Do you guys want to talk about uh, what, we, what we're hoping to see? Yeah, I mean, I would like to see uh, like to see Jerry Judy put up some points. I'd like to see, um, I guess I'd like to see. Well, I don't know. I'd like to see CD Lamb put up some points. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see or to like hear your take on this Hassan because I know you were pretty bullish on the Cowboys and then you uh, you've been right about uh this Russ's dust take for probably like what 3 years now like you've been the champion for this. Um so I I mean me personally I'm you know the Cowboys are a good defense and I'm I'm interested to see how Jalen Hurts and this new you know Eagles pass friendly offense will perform against them. That'll be a, um, an interesting matchup for them. Um, but the Eagles look very legit right now. Um, and so I'm really excited for them. And then tomorrow, you know, who, I don't, I don't know. I was very, very, very excited for Russ in Denver. Um, I was, you know, drafting different pieces of this offense pretty much everywhere that I could. And it's, it's really blown up in my face almost um, so far. Um, I'm just hoping that this injury to his lat, you know, is short term and he comes back and is able to, you know, get back on track for the rest of the season. Because I mean, like, look, what is this four out of six games where we're seeing the Broncos on prime time now. And, Oh God, yeah, just no more, please, for the love of God. <laughs> like it's it's hell, it's hell, right? Um, yeah. Like 
the the Broncos are, are single handedly responsible for a massive re, re, like devastation in fantasy value this year, right? <laughs> you drafted Javante, that's an unfortunate outcome. You drafted Melvin Gordon, hoping for something productive. My God, like he was productive, but you probably didn't start him the weeks he was productive. And then when he's like the bell cow, you got nothing. Um, Cortland Sutton, good God, good luck with that. Jerry Judy, but we had one week. Albert Okubabunum, I'm not gonna bother learning his name. Running behind Eric Saubert, Saubert, yeah. like it's been a true reduction, like the destruction of value. So I'm from that game. I'm really just hoping to see something big from both the receivers, just Sutton and Judy. I don't care about anybody else. I just want to see some signs of life on the on the Chargers side. Um, uh, I mean. The usual suspects, maybe even Spiller being active, would be like a sign of life. <laughs> but that maybe that ship sailed. Um, I mean, from the the Eagles Cowboys, uh, I mean, I'm just hoping for a big game from AJ Brown here. Um, I mean, like, I'm just such an AJ Brown slappy that I just wanna, I just wanna wanna see him succeed. Um, and then on the other on the other side, like if AJ Brown succeeding, I would like for CD Lamb to succeed. Um, uh but realistically and i you know what i'm just gonna say it for everyone i think everyone listening to this show can agree that we do not want to see um zeke as a feature on sunday night football oh, yeah. right um, no he still got he, he still got his like i i will say he still got his place he was actually a pretty savvy fourth round pick realistically uh um but you know all jokes aside like i really don't want like i'm not it's just going to be bad. I, I And I do think that Tony Pollard is taking over that backfield. And I want to see a lot more of him th- tonight. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought that was a given. Otherwise, I would have mentioned yeah. it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. What do you guys think of um, – my one curious thing is, what do you guys think of Gerald Everett? Like, last, I think last week he didn't have a great game. And a lot has been made of whether this is just happening because of Keenan Allen being out. Do you think this production is sustainable? Do you think he's a tight end we can trust for the rest of the season? And like, would you feel start? Would you feel comfortable starting him over? I don't know guys like. Obviously, we're starting him now over Dalton Schultz, but like guys like Goddard or Pitts. What do you guys think about? Not over Goddard or Schultz. No way. I, I guess right over Goddard or Pitts. Um, he's a he's a viable flex in TE premium right there. Yeah, I think so, and I mean. The list of guys that I actually would start over him isn't that long. Pitts is on it. Goddard is probably on it. Um, but that's about where it ends, right? Hawkinson? Uh, I'd probably start Hawkinson over him. So. Yeah. It's it's actually funny. In in, in the fishbowl, you know, like it's, uh-huh. it's obviously tight, tight end premium. But um, so I have, as my tight end, I have Kelsey. And then my two flexes are... Hawkinson and Everett and I've been rolling with that lineup um, and it's been pretty successful yeah I mean Hawkinson is actually a great example because he's another guy who has had kind of the similar scoring profile where you get the big two touchdown week and then the next week you get zero receptions so that kind of is um, you know maybe shows you what you should expect from your tight end anyway in which case this Everett you know, his week five game is not really something to be all that concerned about. All right. On that note, I think we should call it a night. Um, on God, you are writing by low report at Rotoviz. Uh, yes. Where else can the people find you? Yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Uh, my first, uh, I guess, weekly column. So looking forward to continuing to write that and put in a lot of effort and uh, hopefully give the people some good uh, buy low candidates and sell high candidates. Awesome. Um, and then my Twitter handle is at U-P-P-A-L-N-I-G-H-T, up all night. Um, I don't post too much, but I will try to be more active. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check out On God's Work uh, over at Rotoviz. He's been doing some great stuff with the buy low, with the uh, – strength of schedule streaming app and the other road of his tools over there. So it's been uh, a lot of fun reading his stuff. Um, if you are not subscribed already, you know, go ahead and uh, hit the subscribe button. It won't, I don't think it gives you any notifications. It just engineers the algorithm to help us more. Um, and yeah, like and rate and review the podcast channel, all that good stuff. And we'll talk again next time. Bye.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.